After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Sanford Murata, the president and CEO of Sanford Murata, Inc. Sanford has 35 years of experience in real estate development, including the directorship position of Kamehameha Schools, Commercial Assets Division. He is heavily involved in many community organizations, including the Sunrise Rotary. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Sanford Murata. Welcome to our show, Sanford. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So as an entrepreneur and being involved with so many different things in your life, what are you currently doing? Well, we're doing a lot of things. I'm at a time in my career when I want to be able to pass on the knowledge I've gained the 41 years of my practice to others. So one of the major roles that I play is a bridge. I bridge opportunities to people, and that's what we're doing. But more specifically, what we're doing is looking for ways in which we can serve the community. So the real estate projects we take on has to have some kind of a community benefit, what I call social value. So we look for social value in a number of projects that we are doing now that have that social value component to it. So can you give us an example of what you're talking about? An excellent example is Kunia Camp. Kunia Camp is a former pineapple plantation camp. The uh, plantation camp was originally intended to terminate operations in December of 2008. Unfortunately, it terminated in January of 2007, about two years before its intended termination date. And consequently, what happened is you have these former pineapple plantation workers who may be displaced because they're living in rental housing. So our job, working with Group 70, the architect, and Campbell, the landowner, was to find a way in which we could keep the former employees who occupied the houses in their homes, initially as renters and eventually as owners. That's the project that we're working on. It has great social value as we can provide affordable housing for people who normally wouldn't have that opportunity. Through your career, have you always had the social conscious, or was it something that eventually you know, evolved into? There was, there was a social conscious, although I believe now it's maybe more evident, that is, I think about it more than I have in the past. Because in the past, as a young real estate professional, you don't have as much, um, say, say, or influence on what you do. Well, now that I'm in a position where I have great influence on what I do, it's more uh, a conscious effort to look for those social value opportunities. Is it because you're just trying to make the most of your time nowadays, right? Because you don't have to actually do it. So since you are going to do it, you might as well get the biggest um, reward for it. That's an excellent perspective. Absolutely right. As you wind down your career, and I mean, you might say the fall of my full season, entering winter, which winter is when you are no longer practicing. But you're right, when you are uh, ending 
the full uh, activity of your career, then you want to do things that are more meaningful. Well, you said that you're trying to get the next generation to think this way. Yes. Um, and it is something that's becoming a little bit more popular amongst the business um, members. Do you find that it's, you don't necessarily have to convince them to do it, but it's been easy for them to uh, convert their mind and their philosophy for? The influencing is not difficult. It's the, the how-to that's difficult. Because the people that I'm attempting to teach uh, the idea of serving the community are young professionals. So they're in their, uh, say, mid-20s to maybe early 40s. And they're in the, just starting their careers. So they don't have the, either the, the wherewithal, the resources, or the experience of the how-to. So my, uh, my uh, goal is to guide them into how do they serve the community while they have all of these other priorities in front of them. And then how do you do that, though? Well, uh, I'll give an example. I formed a discussion group in February of 06, so we've been together for, for about a year and a half, the purpose of which is to learn from each other. But my hope is that by talking about how we can serve the community, they can learn what they can do uh, and, and go beyond the notion that they have to be well-off or they have to be business executives or chairman of their company in order to serve the community. Now, you guys are a perfect example. You guys are very young. You're young entrepreneurs. You didn't wait till you were 40 or 50 or 60 before you served the community. You're doing a fantastic service to the community through your greater good radio uh, activity because you're reaching out in terms of leverage, you, you're doing, you, you have tremendous leverage because you're reaching out to many people through today's ways in communicating, high technology way of communicating. So you are able to do it. Others may not be so uh, confident they can do it. So one of the things I attempt to do is build that confidence. You can do it. Even if it's just serving one person every day, that can be a meaningful community service. It can be a noble act. They just have to be convinced that that is a good way to do it. Is this an act that they need to do through their company or some a business they're involved in, or are you telling them to go out and separately do this in a nonprofit organization? Eric, I think it can be done many ways. I think it can be done all those ways. It can be done as an individual, something you do because you believe it's the right thing to do and because you're passionate about serving others. You can do it through your organization. You can create programs that your organization, your companies will support. You can be a member of a larger community service organization, such as Rotary. I'm a member of, I'm a member of Rotary. There are about 2.5 million members worldwide. And we touch a huge number of people. So you can do community service in many, many ways. But I think it starts with yourself. You have to be committed and willing to do something for others because you want to do it, not because somebody expects you to do it, because it's great for your resume, or because um, of other kinds of factors that may not be as meaningful. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide 
and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. GreaterGoodRadio.com We're back with Sanford Murata, President and CEO of Sanford Murata, Inc. You know, when I look at it as, uh, I guess, someone who's a little bit younger, and I look at someone like yourself who's already had a lot of success business-wise and community-wise and so on in their career, I think, you know, the difference between us is time, energy, and what's in what's going through between your two ears right what's your knowledge that you've got and how do I extrapolate that knowledge now the knowledge that you're passing to these younger folks is invaluable but then the question becomes how do you actually choose who are these younger folks that you're gonna spend any time with and any effort with and what are you looking for in them that makes you want to spend any time with them whatsoever well I believe in the process of self-selection and what I did when we started in February of 06, actually, uh, I started the process in December of 05 by looking for young people who I thought would enjoy the opportunity to learn from each other. So the main thing I looked for was a, kind of a heart, a sense of being willing to spend time with other people, to learn from each other, to be respectful of the views of others, and to take that information and spread it out. So I was quite conscious about gathering a group of people who I thought would have that same feeling. So it was based on a lot of my intuition. How did I feel about someone? If I felt that person would fit into what we were doing, what I was hoping would be uh, accomplished, then I invited that person. We started with uh, Steve Torada, who's my associate, and six others. They all happened to be in real estate because those were the young people I knew, including our sons. And it's grown now. Our group is about 20. And the self-selection process works like this. Others have spread the word and then invited their friends to join in. Now, if those people are comfortable in uh, attending our discussion group sessions, they'll stay. Those who are not will leave. So that's the self-selection. Some people will select themselves in through the word of mouth of people who are there. Others will select themselves out if they feel they're not uh, comfortable or misaligned. You see, I think that's really important, too, because these are people that we're typically, as younger people, wanting to meet, wanting to have a relationship with, and wanting to learn from. I know that I went to one of these sessions with Colbert Matsumoto. We have uh, Jay Scheidler coming in soon, who's very, you know, busy guy and, and very hard to get to. I, I wonder how we could... Um, utilize the learnings that we learn from something like that and then make it bigger, you know, make it more or, or spread the word more, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, let me go back and talk about the bridge, the concept of serving as a bridge. So I've had 41 years of practice. I'm 65 years old. So because of having all of those years of experience, I know a lot of people. And consequently, it's much easier for me to, to, to uh, ask Jay and to Colbert and to others to participate in a conversation uh, with our group, and I explain what we are 
hopeful of doing. And because of my friendships with them, I'm able perhaps to convince them to spend the time with us. Now, if a younger person who may not have that relationship or maybe that credential would call Jay out of the blue and say, Jay, can, can I come over and speak with you for 15 minutes? It would be more difficult. Not to say that he would be uh, less inclined, but relationships are very important. And one of the things that I am tempting to pass on in our group discussion is the value of relationships. And, and by demonstrating how I use my relationships to lever our ability, then we can help more people. That's an important lesson, and I'm showing them right in how we get people to come spend the time with us. It's a valuable lesson for young people to learn. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Sanford Murata, President and CEO of Sanford Murata, Inc. Are you able to share with us a story of an experience you had um, by being a part of a group like this? Which I guess you could call it a mastermind of improving yourself, maybe improving your business, just all in all improving the community. Yes, uh, I have a great story to share with you about that. And that is, as I mentioned, I'm a member of a Rotary Club, the Rotary Club of Honolulu Sunrise. And in our uh, uh, international convention that I attended in 1994 in Taipei, the then President Huntley asked us to look in our backyards to serve and help others. Instead of looking far afield and going to places that we may not have as... Uh, good a knowledge about, he suggested that we look in our own neighborhoods, in our own backyards. And I took that message back. The message at that in that year was be a friend. So I said, who can we be a friend to? We meet at the Pacific Club, which is the slope of Punchbowl. Apukulea is at the other slope of Punchbowl, on the other side of uh, uh, Punchbowl. And I thought it would be neat if we could help serve the people of Papukulea, which is a Hawaiian homestead one of the few urban Hawaiian homesteads. So I happened to know some people who lived in Papakulea, and I asked them if we could help them help themselves. So we formed Kako'o Papakulea. This is a fantastic story because we were involved with Kako'o Papakulea for about seven years. They got to a point where they thanked us for our help and said, now go please help, please help other people. I'll give you one story and maybe two examples. What we did, uh, which is very inspiring, was we helped them build a uh, community sign. That was number one on their wish list. It only cost us $200 to buy the rocks. The men of the community, many of them who are Masons, built the structure for the sign, 
we had the sign tiles donated by one of the ceramic companies, and it says, um, Welcome to Papakulea. And the sign was built in the weekend by the men, mainly, of Papakulea and some of the others who helped. It was such an inspiring event because I was there on Saturday and Sunday when it was built. And I saw people who drove by and they honked their horns and they waved and yelled. And what it did, it built the kind of spirit of uh, togetherness that maybe didn't exist up to that time because the men were not as inclined to participate in the community service projects that were going on. It was mainly the women. But now that the men could do something, this is physical labor, uh, they did it with great pride. And it only cost $200. You might remember some of the community signs that were being in those days cost several hundred thousand dollars. So, answer your question, it was uh, gathering a group of people who had a common vision and joining up with others in a specific community to share our vision with them and actually ask them for their vision and help them implement that vision. Career, 41 years in business. You have a lot of high-powered friends. You've got a lot of strong relationships. How are you building these relationships, and what can you teach us about building relationships? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't look so much as um, as having a relationship for a specific purpose. I Relationships are created because of the sincerity you have in that relationship uh, with uh, the values that you apply in that relationship, whatever they may be for each individual, will cause that relationship to take shape. Uh, let me go back to the be a friend theme of the 1994-1995 Rotary Year. If you be a friend to everyone you meet, no matter who they are, whether they high part or not, that will create a relationship. And if you're sincere about being a friend, and you uh, are consistent with that sincerity, that relationship will, will grow, as you say, build a relationship. It'll grow, and it'll be meaningful. And it could be a, a relationship that started, say, 20 years ago, and you may not be in contact with that, that person until after 20 years. But if you had a strong connection to the person that, you build that friendship with 20 years ago, today it'll be the same. It'll be as strong. So it's to me, it's not so much a conscious effort to build a relationship. It's a, it's a way in you the way you lead your life. You lead your life based on your values, and you're sincere about those values. The relationships will come about, and they'll grow. It'll be natural. It has to be a natural process. It can't be something you force. It can't be something artificial. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Neptune Nights, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune Nights, it's 
sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. We're back with Sanford Murata, President and CEO of Sanford Murata, Inc. What are some of the things from the beginning parts of your career that really helped you to move up the ladder and, and move ahead? Well, there's a lot of luck. Obviously, I think in most people's career, there is a lot of luck. There is um, a lot of opportunities. And perhaps the great opportunity that I had early on in my career, when I was 31 years old, I was given the opportunity to be the project manager for Discovery Bay Condominium, which at that time was the largest condominium project in Hawaii, 667 residential units and one commercial unit. So 31 years old, you're not going to have a lot of experience. And I didn't. But the principals of the company who was developing the project, Don Graham and Francis Wong, trusted me. So they handed the project over to me, there was, it would, and, and our team consisted of a project manager, me, a secretary, and a documents coordinator. We um, used that team to develop the project during the five years it took to develop it. It was, the, as I said, the largest project at that time. And from it, because I was given a lot of latitude, I learned a lot on the job. It's the best way to learn is by trial and error. And if you take that information and build on that information of the lessons you learn, then you get better. Just real, real good luck on my part. Did you have any big screw-ups during that project that you learned from and then now you don't do anymore? No, I can't, I can't say really big screw-ups, although a great lesson I learned, I was in a meeting with um, people much older than me. And one of our partners is uh, a company from England, and their executives came to visit with us to assess the project. We unfortunately hit the project, or brought the project on during a very bad time. It was the low part of the real estate cycle. And so he essentially criticized us. We were the managing partners in Hawaii. There are three partners, a company headquartered in England, but they're Australian subsidiary, and another Australian company, the largest construction company in Australia. We, the local partners, were the managing partners. The executives from, executive from England uh, roundly criticized us for not doing a better job. But I kind of lost my cool, and uh, I let it get to me. So in a meeting, I, uh, I kind of showed my temper. Afterwards, uh, Francis Wong took me aside, and he told me how to keep my poise in situations like that because that, purpose, that per person purposely try to get me to lose my, my demeanor, which he did. And that was a great lesson, and I've passed it on to others. Poise is a very important 
characteristic to have to succeed in business. So how did he teach you to keep it in? Because um, I know some people that have that issue sometimes too. <laughs> well, uh, the best way is to be proactive about it. When you have, say, a, uh, a meeting, uh, it could be with your partners. It could be with others who you may not be as close to. If you are proactively aware of what might happen and you tell yourself, no matter what happens, I'm going to keep my poise. Because often it's a game. Often others will purposely attempt to get you out of your, out of your um, composure, to lose your composure. Because when you lose your composure, you can't think clearly. And when you can't think clearly, you make poor decisions. And you agree to things that you may not ordinarily agree to if you are composed. So one way to do it is proactively prepare yourself for that kind of uh, strife, that kind of pressure. Another way, and I, I tell uh, others that this is a good way to do it, is train yourself in something else that you can bring into, say, the business environment. And that could be uh, sports. It could be martial arts. It could be music. Whatever it is, take some other activity. Train yourself so that you have a certain kind of discipline in that activity. And when you have that discipline and activity, it builds a confidence. Then you bring that confidence into your other, any other part of your, your world. You should have consistency in the way you act because that's the way you are with or have trained to be to another form. Do you think that losing your cool, um, not necessarily you specifically, but a person losing their cool can make or break a business deal and that's why keeping self-poised is key? Well, sure, yes, I, I'm positive it's happened. I'm positive when someone has lost his cool, lost his temper, lost his, the clarity of his decision-making, they have uh, killed the deal or they've uh, agreed to do something they would not have ordinarily agreed to. Or uh, here's a simple um, result. If you're dealing with, say, a prospective investor, and for some reason you lose your cool in your negotiation with that investor, that investor will say, well, he's not the kind of person I want to invest in because if he can't keep his composure in this situation, what's going to happen in a situation that may be worse, that he may be under greater pressure, and he makes even worse decisions because he couldn't hold it together. That's a very, very important um, characteristic to have to succeed, I believe. Not to say that you're out of fish, you have to be you have to be sincere, but you can learn how to um, keep your presence. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host Evan Leong and Carrie Leong saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.